نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فأن خير الكلام كلام الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Shura, Ayah 36, فَمَا أُوْتِيْتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَمَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ So in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and whatever fama, whatever you are given from anything min shay'in then it is then it is from the joy of this life and mata' is like a fleeting joy a joy that does not last so it's like a transient, temporary joy. So again, the ayah stresses the fact that anything you're given, from anything, then it has to fall in this category. And this category is that it is it is from the joy of this life. It's from this transient, fleeting joy of this life. وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى And whatever is with Allah, any reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is better and long-lasting. Long so it is better, khair, wa'abqa, it's going to be lasting much longer. But it is for those, that reward is for those who believe and they rely on Allah. They have full trust, full tawakkul, tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we read this ayah and we say it's very you know, straightforward. But today I want to, inshallah, reflect upon this ayah a little more and do some tadabbur, to do, to do some uh, reflection and, and contemplation on this ayah. So one of the things we notice in this ayah is the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said min shay'in. So whatever you get from this life, it's always going to be a part of something. It's never going to be all of it. And by the way, this is mentioned in other ayat in the Quran. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give whatever He wills and however much He wills. So for those people who keep saying, and I see, I know some Muslims do that sometimes, they say, well, I know so-and-so, he's got it all. He's got all the money. He's got all the luck, all the status. This is not true. According to the Quran, it is not true. It is not possible. If you hear your kid say that, please, 
correct him and tell him this is not possible. It is not as green as it looks. And we always tend to see the good side of other people. And especially now with social media. You do realize, I hope, that whatever you see on social media is only the good side. You see the nice food, the nice pictures. You're not going to see the ugly side. The people are not going to post, you know, th their problems and their challenges. No. You're only going to see the good side. And that has a dramatic effect on you. Because you're going to think that everybody is lucky but you. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, anyone who gets anything from this life, it's going to be something, part of something even. It's not the whole thing. So don't you ever say that someone, so-and-so, got it all, and I got nothing. Each one of us got something in this life. And you might be, you know, you might be blessed in something and not blessed in something else. Min shay'in. Now even think, think about the bounties we do have. We don't get to enjoy them fully. There's no such a thing in life where you can fully enjoy something. This is, this is something you only hear in, in commercials where they want to sell you something. There's no such a thing. We all, we all know that. We all realize that. Like think about your favorite food. And let's assume you are fully healthy. You are fully prepared to enjoy this plate of food. You've been dreaming about having this meal and now you are fully ready, right? So you're healthy, you're hungry, and you have not had it for a long time. And it's cooked in the best manner possible. So let us assume that all of that has happened. You sit down, you want to eat. You're salivating. You can't wait. What happens? The first few bites, Alhamdulillah, you enjoy. If you don't bite your tongue or something, right? But let's assume it's all perfect. But what happens after those few bites? You don't enjoy it anymore. It becomes routine. Like you, you, get, you get used to it almost immediately. So the only first few bites are enjoyable and you, you know, you really, really savor that food. And after that, it's normal. And you keep trying to remember what happened. You keep trying to remember that joy you had. You cannot bring it back. It's gone. And now just food. Not only that, toward the end, it becomes a liability. Now you're debating your, your, yourself. Should I finish the plate? Because I'm, I'm starting to get some stomach ache. Maybe I should not venture and finish the plate because I'm going to have stomach problems. So now you're debating with yourself. Do I eat? Do I not eat? But I don't want to throw the food. It's a bounty. But at the same time, I cannot finish it. So now it's a, it becomes almost a problem. This is life. I mean, I gave you just a, a small example. Easy enough to understand, but this is how life is. It is true about everything in life. Even the things we think we're going to enjoy. And it's always something in the future for some reason. You think, I'm not enjoying this right now, but I know. When this happens, when all these cards line up in the future sometime, oh, then I'm going to be happy. And by the way, this is another problem we have, this wrong notion of happiness. 
<coughs> and we'll talk about this in, in a few minutes, inshallah. Because that's part of the problem, the, the false expectation we have. So it's important to like really think deep about this ayah. Don't set yourself for failure. Don't set yourself with false expectations. These are false expectations. The reason many times we're angry, we're frustrated, is because we have set the wrong expectations. So today's khutbah is about setting the right expectations. And this is one of the reasons to lead at least a fulfilled life, a good life. Don't be unreasonable in your expectations. But the second important lesson here is that we should be able to tell the difference between the things we control and the things we do not control. And the minute you spend so much on the things you cannot control, you're going to end up with lots of stress, lots of unhappiness, lots of anger. So look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. He said, فَمَا أُوْتِيْتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَمَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا Whatever you are given. Now, you have to listen carefully. I mean, when you read the Quran, you have to pay attention to every word. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say, whatever you made, whatever money you made, however much you accumulated, He did not say that. He did not give you that ownership. He did not give you that control. Rather, he said, whatever you are given from this life, it is not up to you what you have. And don't try to convince me otherwise. You see many people who are super intelligent, but they have no money. They work hard, but they're not as rich. Everybody knows this. It is not up to you. This is not under your control. Now I know a lot of people also would like to brag and say, I made this money. Or it's mine. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says otherwise. He said, whatever you are given. And he did not make any exception. Anything you have in life, he said, you are given that. Now it doesn't mean that you don't work for it. It doesn't mean that you don't put any effort. But please understand, it's not under your control. And if you're honest enough, you do know that. I mean, it takes just a small little accident and you're rendered ineffective, useless, according to most employers. This is true. Now, why is this so important uh, to be mentioned in the Quran over and over? The fact that certain things you have no control over. It's because we spend so much time on those things. We spend so much time obsessing about the fact that I, 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 I am a certain height. Why am I like this? Like, why are you even thinking about this? This is not under your control. Focus on the things you control. Why am I from a certain race or a certain color or a certain ethnicity? I could have been in a different culture, from a different, uh, you know, uh, race or something like that. All of these things are not under our control. I mean, even the children we have, the spouses we have, we have some control, but they're not under our control. Sometimes we wish like we push one button and they turn 
a certain way or they behave a certain way. This is not what the Prophet ﷺ told us when he talked about we talked about women. And he, he gave this analogy to a rib. This is not denigrating to women, by the way. This is just to show us that they have a different nature than we do. And look carefully what he said at the end of the hadith, which is really important. He said, this rib is, is not straightforward like you want it to be. They think differently. They have a different nature. And if you try to straighten it up, this is what most men do. And this is why we have divorces. This is why we have marital issues. Because of this, that I want her to be exactly like me, to think exactly like me. Oh, she's not logical. Because I think in a certain way, and she thinks differently. The Prophet said, You want to straighten it up? It's going to break. It's not under your control. You cannot change her nature. She's made one way, you're made another. Just live with it. He said. And the breaking of it is divorce. That's why many people end up in divorce. It's all about this, to understand what's under your control and what is not under your control. So this is why you see at the end of this ayah, Allah said, وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ What you see at the end of the ayah is the fact that Allah gave you control. What is under your control is your good actions. This is under your control. This is what you should focus on. Not the nature of people and how you're going to change it. This cannot be changed. This is from what you are given. فَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ This is from what is أُوتِيتُمْ people's natures, you want to change your friends, even your children. I mean, instead of focusing on how to bring them up correctly and to give them the right nourishment and to speak to them on a regular basis, to give them the right advice. We're obsessing on how they're going to turn out or what field they're going to study or, or how they're going to be when they grow up. This is not under our control. But yes, your choice to spend time with them, to listen to their problems, and offer some good advice. But again, the problem is we shift our priorities. We're always obsessing about the things we do not control, and we abandon, we neglect what we control. When it comes to dua, the same thing. We're always worried about the answering of the dua. Oh, is Allah going to answer my dua? How, how, how is He going to answer the dua? Is he going to answer it directly or indirectly? This is not our job. It's not our problem. You know, as Umar used to say, uh, radiallahu anh, he used to say, إِنِّي لَا أَحْمِلُ أَهَمَّ الْإِجَابَةِ وَلَكِنِّي أَحْمِلُ أَهَمَّ الْدُعَاءِ I don't worry about how Allah will answer my dua. This is not my job. It's Allah's job. My job is to focus on how I make my dua so that it is answered. Am I making it properly? Am I satisfying all the conditions for the dua? That's my job. To focus on the dua, make it correct. And not worry about how it's going to be answered. And I can cite you example after example. How this is a problem. The main source for our worries in this life, I tell you, is to obsess over the things we do not control. And forget about the things that are under our control. 
What is under, under our control? To do good actions and to have tawakkul on Allah, to trust and rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the things we do not control. This is where tawakkul comes. Again, even tawakkul is misplaced. Some people call tawakkul, they call it tawakkul. Oh, I sit down and do nothing. This is not tawakkul. If it is under your control, you should do your best. Not sit down and say, I'm not going to do nothing. But the things you do not control, instead of worrying so much about them, what do you do? You have tawakkul on Allah. That's how you place, you know, things in the right place. You know, one time the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَاكِنْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Another hadith that we take for granted. So this hadith said, Allah does not look at your figures, your forms, your pictures, how beautiful you are, how handsome you think you are. Allah does not care for this. He doesn't look how tall, how wide, He doesn't care about that. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَىٰ أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Rather, He looks at your hearts and your actions. Almost exact same uh, meaning. And it's very clear. Now again, you wonder, why? Why so? Because you have no control over your picture. You have no credit, the fact that you, you were born into a, a, a good family or a, a rich family or you were born into a particular race. Why would people feel proud that they belong to a particular race? You had no credit whatsoever. You did nothing. I mean, I see some kids now complain because uh, their parents are not rich. It wasn't your choice. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose you to be born in that family. So stop bickering. Stop complaining. Focus on what you can do. This is one of the messages in this hadith. The reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not look at your looks because it's not of your making. It is not under your control. But your heart, your actions, they are you. This is why the Prophet also told us in the hadith, he said, when you die, three things will follow you. You know, ahluhu wa maluhu wa amaluhu. Your money, which you think it is yours, right? That you made it. Your family, you were born into a family, you had no choice, and your actions. But he said, Two things will have to depart. They can never accompany you. They can never come with you into the grave. He said, your family and your money will have to go away. They'll turn their backs. No matter how long they spend on the grave, they can weep for hours. Eventually, they have to leave. I don't care how much they love you. They're not going to go down with you. Your son, your daughter, your spouse, they're not going to sleep with you in the grave. But he said, your actions will. This is what you own. What you control is your actions. You can see this over and over again. And let me maybe end with another hadith. Because I want to stress this point. It's so important. And it causes a lot of headaches. It causes a lot of fighting. So the Prophet ﷺ told us, عَجَبًا لِأَمْرِ الْمُؤْمِنِ 
إن أمره كله له خير. It's amazing the affairs of the believer. And why is that? It's because he's able, she's able to face different challenges in life with a positive attitude. But that's not easy. I mean, it's easy, easy said, but it's not easy done. And it's not possible until you realize this point. You realize the fact that I focus on what I control. And I do not focus on what I do not control. So look what he said. إذا أصابته سراء شكر فكان خير الله. If if they're faced with a a, a happiness a, a moment of happiness, then they're grateful to Allah subhanahu wa taala. And if they're faced with a hardship, a challenge, a problem, then they are patient. Now again, you take it at face value. Okay, I get the hadith. I've heard it many times. But have you, have you noticed, have you looked at the exact wording of the Prophet ﷺ? Look what the Prophet said ﷺ. Please pay attention. He said, إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُ Just like utitum, It is not up to you. It happens to you. أَصَابَتْهُ means it comes to you. You don't go to it. Happiness, listen carefully, happiness comes to you. It happens to you when you don't expect it. You don't pursue it. Now we're taught, everywhere you go, we're taught what? The pursuit of happiness. They make you think that you have to pursue it, that you have to chase after it. And you keep doing that all your life, what happens? You never find it. Why do you think people are so frustrated? They've been promised something that does not exist. What is this nonsense? The pursuit of happiness. What kind of happiness are you chasing? Has it ever happened to anyone? Go ask people, even the richest. Oh no, they're still expecting it to happen sometime in the future. When? When you're 80 or 90, you can't even move? It's nonsense. The hadith, look, it's a totally different paradigm shift. The hadith says, These moments of happiness will come out of nowhere. Not when you pursue it. It will happen when you don't notice. In fact, this is why we don't notice it. Because we think we're going to make it happen. We don't think that it's going to happen to us. And we keep missing those moments of happiness. It's like something inflicted on you, but it's good. From surur, happiness, right? It will happen to you. And if you're not paying attention, you will miss it. And it could be something small. I don't know why we're expecting something huge. It could be a smile on your child's face. Now, how many times did we miss that? If you have children, why do we miss it? Oh, no, no, because we're expecting happiness somewhere else. Sometime in the future. What if you decided that I'm going to seize that moment? At least I'm going to look at his face or her face and not look somewhere else. Looking for happiness somewhere else. I don't know where. What if we decided just to look at that, at that face smiling at you and smile back? Or at least say, Alhamdulillah, just like the hadith says, إِذَا أَصَبَتُهُ سَرَّاءُ شَكَرْ You are grateful. What happens when you're grateful? Now you're able to, you know, uh, magnify that moment.
And if you are grateful enough, Allah will make it happen again and again. This is how, this is why the, why, why the scholars used to say, <laughs> like if you want to seize the bounty, if you want to keep it with you, because anytime you have a good moment, you want to make it longer. You don't want it to go away. And, and they said the way to do that is to be grateful. But no, we're too busy looking for happiness, chasing after happiness that we miss happiness. These things in this life, they happen, they're much faster than you are, and they're going to be happening all the time. It's about finding these opportunities, and seizing them, and taking advantage of them, and being grateful for them. فَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ You are given this matah. So do it right, react to it right. Be grateful when it happens. And of course, some moments will be tough. Again, we're told the opposite thing. This is why we have so much, you know, uh, you know depression. And, and I'm, I know some of it is biological. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the psychological aspect. Because there's so much expectations set in the wrong way. But think about it, if when you're dealing with hardship, you are patient. Same thing. When you realize that this is not your, under your control, why would you obsess over it? Most of the worries are for things we don't control. Or what if so-and-so have an accident? Like, could you stop it? No. Why are you worried? I have no idea. When it happens, we have to be patient. And we have to realize it wasn't you, it wasn't your fault most, most of the time. And the Prophet ﷺ told us in the hadith, Realize that whatever happens to you was not going to miss you. Don't say if I did this and this, I could have avoided this problem. Now this is not teaching us to sit still and not do anything by the way. This is teaching us how to deal with huge problems in life. And it's very important, if you do it right, it will make you actually very effective. Not less effective, it will make you much more effective. Because I tell you, certain problems will put you down, will beat you, will wear you out, if you don't know how to deal with it properly. As usual, I say uh, there's no time to elaborate on all of the uh, you know, meanings in the, in the ayat and the verses. So I, uh, again, I uh, uh, advise all of us to go back and look at these verses in Surah Al-Shura. If you continue reading in this passage that I started in the beginning, you see that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala talks about uh, things you can control, you can control, but you, ha you have to make that realization first. You have to sit down and think about the following. What are things that are under my control? And what are things that are not under my control? You have to set those things apart.
And then you have to focus on the things that are under your control. What happens when you do that, number one, you're going to have a peace of mind. You're going to feel relaxed. And you're going to be effective because now you're able to focus on the things that matter. And you're going to see immediate results. But also you're going to be able to do something else. You're going to be able to control your anger. I mean, in fact, in these ayat, we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mention, وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُهُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ One of these, one of the qualities of these people, these believers, is that even when they're, when they're angered, because you're going to be angered, you cannot stop the reasons for anger. That's not possible. People will piss you off. If you deal with people, you're going you're gonna to be mad at some point. You're not going to be satisfied, you're not going to be happy with everyone. So that's a matter of fact. The fact that you live, you're going to be angered at one point. That's not the point though, that's not the catch. The catch is, and if they're angered, they're able to forgive. How did they get this ability? I mean, it's not easy. Like to be able to forgive is so hard. And most people cannot do it. Even when they try, even when they force themselves, they cannot find it in themselves to forgive. And that's for a fundamental reason. That's because they're not able to get over what I mentioned. They're not able to distinguish between what they control and what they do not control. And if you feel, any human being, this is innate, it's in us, it's created in us. Anytime you feel you're out of control, like you have no control over your life, you have no control over your situation, you're going to lose it, you're going to be angry. And also every time you don't meet your expectations in life, you're going to be angry. But what if you set these expectations wrongly? What if you made a mistake in the very beginning when you set those expectations? You want to control something you cannot control. You thought you could control your spouse. You thought you could control your children. You thought you could control your coworkers or your friends. But you know this is not true. And you set the false expectations. You're not going to be able to forgive. But if you do it right, you understand what you're given that is not your control, that's not under your control, and what you can do about it, good deeds, it will be possible at least. I'm not going to say it's easy. It will never be easy, especially in personal matters that affect you, you know, deep down, but it's going to be possible. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us this wisdom to tell the difference between what we control and what we don't control, what we are given and what we can do about it. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the, uh, the will and the, and, the, and the power and the strength to, to do what is right and to steer away from the things we cannot change. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who, who do good deeds and they have true tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and who are able to forgive. Allahumma rabbana la tad'a lana fi hadha al-yawm al-azim dhanban illa ghafartahu lahamman illa farastahu ladayna illa qadaytah wa la maridan illa shafaytahu wa la adwan illa hazamtahu wa qasamtah wa la hajatan hiya laka rida wa lana fiha salah illa qadaytah lana wa yassartah lana ya rahman rahimin. Allahumma salmana salatina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ja'alna minhum.